Oh, that I could see to the other realm, that I could learn the magic of the ancients. Oh, that the secrets of the druids and the witches could be whispered in my ears, that I might know their beauty and their power, that I might love again this land and hear the voices of the goddess and the god in the trees and in the rivers. If you ever travel to Avalon in the southwest of England, you will find, tucked beneath the crouching beast that is Glastonbury Tor and the rounded breast that is Chalice Hill, a magical garden surrounding a well steeped in legend. Here, between the two hills, one so strongly masculine and the other so clearly feminine, the well and its garden exude an extraordinary sense of peace and deep and resonant power. If you were to enter that garden now, you would pass lawns and flower beds, low hedgerows and gnarled yew trees, until, following the path that slopes gently upward, you would arrive at the wellhead. And there you would find the well itself, protected by a finely wrought iron cover depicting an ancient symbol, the Vesica Pisces. In this symbol, two circles overlap, and in doing so, create an image which for some depicts Christ, for others the Philosopher's Stone, and for yet others the Holy Grail or the Sacred Vulva of the Goddess. The symbol depicts the union of two principles, two beings, two powers. Each circle remains intact, complete and whole, but where they meet, something different and unique is created from their union. This book takes two worlds which are complete and whole in themselves and brings them together. It is at the point where they meet that we can, if we wish, find a path of great depth and power. The worlds that are brought together in this book are those of witchcraft and druidry, and I have called the path that they create together Druidcraft, from the Irish word Druidecht, and from the inspiration of the Irish poet W. B. Yeats, who uses this term in his poetry. Many people now practice either Druidry, also known as Druidism, or Wicca, as witchcraft is often called today, and find within their paths all that they need. Each tradition is complete in itself, and I am not suggesting that either way is incomplete or inadequate. However, over the years I've noticed that many Wiccans have become interested in Druidry, just as many Druids have become interested in Wicca. The fact is that the two circles of Druidry and Wicca now overlap, as many people start to combine their knowledge and experience of each path to fashion their own craft, their own spiritual way. For these people, the synthesis explored in this book is already happening. Some time ago, there was a real difference between the concerns of Wiccans and Druids. Wiccans were interested in magic and spells, while Druids were more interested in history, the old Celtic myths, and a spiritual rather than magical approach to life. But in the last few years, this has changed. Many Wiccans have become interested in the history of the Druids, in Celtic myths, and in Druid animal and tree lore. At the same time, many Druids have become interested in the more intuitive and magical approaches to life that are found in Wicca. 
If you talk to people who are interested in Wicca or Druidry, you will find that most of them are drawn to these spiritual paths for the same reasons. In the past, subjects and disciplines were kept within defined boundaries. Today, we understand the value of synthesis, synergy, and interdisciplinary studies. This is the spirit in which this book is written, to contribute to the field, not to detract from the uniqueness of each approach. I respect both paths deeply, and I believe that each is complete in itself, but this doesn't mean that their relationship and connections can't be explored, and we may even discover that Wicker and Druidry have gifts to offer that we can combine in creative and beneficial ways. Some commentators have suggested that to combine the two paths is an act of New Age eclecticism that ignores history and fails to respect.